Last week, Legal Week, one of the world's largest and most anticipated annual legal technology and legal business conferences, announced it will be virtual in 2021. The conference will be rebranded as Legal Week Year and will be extended into a full year of events leading up to a resumption of the in-person conference in February 22. On today's special edition of Law Next, I am joined by Mark Freed, the president of events at ALM Media and the man in charge of Legal Week to learn more details about the conference and what it means for attendees and exhibitors. We'll get to today's interview in just a moment. But first, let's hear from the sponsors who generously support Law Next. ShareFile is a secure, easy-to-use collaboration and workflow solution that has helped more than 90,000 customers secure data, share files, and collaborate on documents. With ShareFile for Legal, you can eliminate the never-ending speed bumps during client collaboration, giving your clients one tool to onboard, sign retainers, and share requested documents. It can also be easily integrated with popular workplace tools like Google Workspace, Salesforce, QuickBooks, Zapier, and more, bringing even more ease to the client experience. To learn more about how ShareFile for Legal can help you keep work flowing, go to sharefile.com. And now, on to this week's interview. Mark, welcome to Law Next. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, good to see you. it's it's been a while. Well, it's been since Legal Week that I've seen you. I think so. Uh, good to see you. It has. It has. It's been a very long eight months. Yeah, I'm sure it has been. How how have you been doing apart from uh, all the difficulty of uh, of dealing with this? Well, we're doing well. You know, we uh, I run events here at ALM, at ALM, like you said. So uh, obviously, it's been a challenging year. Uh, we are in the process now. I think of really coming to the grips with the fact that we won't have any events in 2020. We moved most of the events out of the year. Uh, there are a, a few holdouts, uh, not in the U.S., but a few holdouts uh, in Dubai, uh, one in the U.K., and one in Sydney. Uh, and we had hoped to squeak through It's still having those events in 2020, but it turns out that we'll have no live events uh, in 2020. And the last event we would have had would have, was in March of this year. So it's, it's, been, it's been a long grind. A challenging year. Well, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, the, the decision about what to do with, with Legal Week was probably a, a very difficult one. It, it's, as I said, it's, it's a very much anticipated conference by uh, people in all sectors of, of the legal industry and the legal uh, profession. Uh, and uh, we all look forward for some crazy reason to going to New York in, in the middle of winter. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's not going to happen this year. So what, how just, what, what went into the decision? What was the, what was the, the, the kind of the thought process about deciding to take it, take it virtual? Sure. Sure. Well, I think for the first few months of 2020, as we sort of grappled with COVID uh, I think we had done with a, a lot of event organizers have done, which was to sort of chase the end of COVID. And we had events that were in March, uh, we dropped into June. Uh, in the second quarter, we really sort of spent some time pushing events out into the year, uh, or in some cases, postponing them in, in entirely. But we hadn't really gotten to the point we felt we would have no live events uh, in 2020 until much later. Uh, and as we sort of scrambled, and as I think a lot of other people in the event organization or event uh, companies scrambled, uh, we were for, forced to furlough some staff, and we had to, uh, I think, really sort of regroup internally. And by doing that, uh, we really focused on uh, delivering the highest quality events that we could, we could either in person or virtually, uh, to our audiences uh, in 2020. 
Uh, and it really wasn't, I'd say, until probably the very beginning of Q3, uh, early July, mid-July, uh, that 2021 started to come into focus. And then what were we going to do in 2021? Uh, it was clear then that, that COVID was not just going to be a passing uh, phase and we would have to really address the, the needs uh, both at the event level, uh, but also really larger within the hospitality uh, industry. Uh, travel uh, has been a major factor. Mm-hmm. And all these things seem to really not have a likelihood of going back to normal or some sense of normalcy, uh, especially in New York, where Legal Week would have been in New York at the Hilton. Uh, it just became very not have the event uh, in February. So initially, uh, our hopes were we'd be able to push the event uh, a little bit later in the year, uh, uh, 2021. But uh, as we sort of weighed the temperature of, of the industry, we spoke to some of our partners, uh, we looked across the organization. Uh, Legal Week has a very, very strong footing for ALM uh, in the first part of the year, in the first quarter. Uh, it really does, uh, I think, set the, the tune for the year. Uh, and it didn't make sense for us to move it later in the year and not have it uh, in the first half. And then we felt that if we moved it, uh, out of the window, say into the you know, July, August timeframe, it would start to really jeopardize our ability to have a proper event in 2022. Uh, so we really started to look really closely at how could we take all these factors into consideration. Uh, we have a lot of brands that, that, that are uh, sort of anchored around that uh, event. We have the American Lawyer, we have Corporate Counsel, we have the New York Law Journal. Uh, we have other events in the portfolio uh, that are linked to it. Uh, we use it as a launching pad. We launched Legal Radar. Uh, Law.com International. Uh, and of course, it's an important part of the bigger uh, company at large that has marketing services and, and, and information services. Uh, and so all of that really sort of came into play when we considered what to do. Uh, and we really wanted to service our market in a way we felt would represent our brands properly. And so going virtual uh, ultimately became the, the right answer for us in 2021. Yeah. And, and explain the decision uh, that you've made or explain what the format will be like, because you're not doing what a lot of conferences have said, well, if we're going to go virtual, we're just going to take the same days we were going to meet and, and put them on Zoom, basically, and, and, and call that the virtual conference. You, you've taken a different approach here. So could you elaborate a little bit on what you're, how, you're, how you're going to lay this out? Yes, absolutely. We have decided to go uh, into essentially what would be five uh, virtual events uh, starting on the same dates we would have had the original conference, so February 2nd to 4th. Uh, I think it was actually the 1st to the 4th, now it's the 2nd to the 4th, but the same time frame. That's pretty typical. Uh, what you'll see is people move from in-person to virtual events. But we didn't think that was going to be enough. Uh, there's a lot of content. Uh, there's a lot of thought. And there's a lot of consideration, a lot of interaction uh, that goes behind Legal Week, um, as with a lot of other conferences. And we've already been down the road with some of our other events we were looking at these hybrid solutions. Um, and so we didn't feel that just really having one event uh, in February was gonna really meet the needs of the entire market. We wanted to stay in front uh, of, our, of our target market and our target market set. Uh, and so we felt by having five events, uh, really all focused around the same topics and content, but going from February 2nd to 4th, then March 16th, April 13th, May 11th, I think I have those dates right, and July 13th to 14th, we can really come out with sort of a state of the union, uh, state of affairs, kind of a situation in the early part of the year, get to sort of a mid-year uh, focus, really talk about the, you know, what's happened. I think it's a very, very, uh, I mean, this, this industry has been certainly disrupted, as have most, but this, I think the legal industry has been impacted probably more so than even others. Uh, and I do think that by July of next year, uh, we'll start to kind of emerge and we'll start seeing a live events. So we felt that 
really focusing on the first half of next year made the most sense. Uh, it gave us the most exposure to, uh, to our customers and to our vendors and to our subscribers and our readers and our attendees uh, and really concentrating um, in that period and not really overbearing, not, not having an overbearing event uh, in the three days. We tried to squeeze all into a three or four day window. Um, I just don't think people could have consumed it as much. And this gives us the opportunity to really let people see it live, let them view it on their own, at their own pace and, and on demand. Uh, opens it up to a, a whole you know, slew of people who may not have been able to go previously uh, and really expand our coverage. Uh, so we're, we're, we're excited about the opportunity coming into the year. And I, I know that in the uh, announcement of this, you, you said that you'll continue to top tackle many of the same topics that you would have covered uh, at the live event, uh, legal automation, e-discovery and data science, legal operations, business of law, Litigation and data science, I mean, yeah, litigation, data science, and data privacy and cybersecurity, uh, practice management, alternative legal services, and more. Will, how will, will you break those up across events? Will certain events be focused on certain topics, or how will that work? We had considered that, uh, and, and we decided not to do that. And in fact, if you go uh, into the, the, the website and look at our, our agenda, you'll see that each day uh, or days, is, is it covers the, the gamut in terms of the, the topics we've covered. And the idea is for us to, you know, we have in the past really been, I think, known as the e-discovery conference. And we spent a lot of time and effort to evolve into the other areas. Uh, you talked about legal ops and uh, business strategies and data privacy and cybersecurity, et cetera. Uh, and so you'll see that broad, that broad approach uh, across the days we've laid out. Uh, some of it will have to, will, will be somewhat fluid. Uh, you know, obviously if we have a, uh, a high concentration on, on uh, vendors or vendor interest in certain days, we could sort of start to skew that a little bit. But our approach is going to be to uh, be uh, cover the waterfront on each of the each of the events as we kind of move through the year. Uh, and our feeling is that it will be very very dynamic. Uh, that February and March will be different than April and May, and that even with the same topic areas, there's just be so much going on that we will have enough material and content for us to cover it uh, in the periods that we've laid out here. Yeah. What do you think this will mean for uh, how you'll be, well, how will you be presenting the programming? Are you going to be using Zoom or are you looking at other platforms or is it going to be, uh, you know, something uh, cobbled together uh, in-house or how are you going to do that? Well, definitely not the latter. Uh, we're not going to cobble anything together in-house. Uh, I think as we all have, as industries uh, have moved into these, these virtual programs uh, and these virtual deliverables, uh, it's been a struggle, uh, I think, for the largest uh, event organizers down to the smallest. Uh, and we have gone through several different event tech platforms, um, and we will use an event tech platform for Legal Week. Uh, we are looking at really enhancing uh, the customer experience. We're very, very sensitive to the fact that uh, people are sort of getting, I'd say, you know, computer screen fatigue, uh, you know, content fatigue delivered through uh, a Zoom format. So we, we will absolutely be looking at uh, some of the most cutting edge uh, legal uh, uh, event tech we can, we can find and, and, and leverage. Uh, but more importantly, I think, is to sort of find some diversity in how we approach the content. Uh, and I think if you went to an event, uh, a legal in the past, you would have seen, I think, certainly diversity there. But we need to start to figure out ways to, to keep it compelling, uh, to increase the production value uh, within the content delivery set uh, and ensure that, custom, that, that all of our attendees, whether there's uh, um, as alumni or someone who's new to, the, new to Legal Week or a sponsor or exhibitor, that they come in and they are just really impressed and wowed by how we deliver the content. Uh, it's an important component.
component for us going into 2021. Yeah. Uh, what, what about the, the, the programming itself? Uh, how, how will you preserve the, the quality of the program that you would have been presenting, uh, of the content that you would have been presenting at the live event in this virtual environment? Sure. Well, I think that's probably the easiest of, of, of all the things we're trying to do. Uh, we have a very strong relationship with the industry. Uh, Legal Week, as you know, has been, Legal Tech has been around for some time. And we're very, very closely with uh, the global newsroom at ALM. So the editorial team and the journalists within ALM and the programming team work really closely together. The idea that um, there, you know, I think in a lot of ways, the integrity and the quality of the content, whether it's delivered in person or virtually, it's, it's, it doesn't, there's no real risk there. Uh, if we had really strong content before, we'll have it again. And I think we have. Uh, if anything, it opens up more windows and, and doors for us because we're able to get people who maybe couldn't make it to the event previously to speak, um, and now they can, you know, so long as we're in the right time zone. Uh, but I think that in terms of the quality of the content that we will be able to preserve, if not improve uh, the quality year on year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting people to the event, uh, how are you handling the, the registration fees this year for 2021? Well, that's been, that's been an interesting uh, sort of question for us to really address. You know, previously there were a lot of different price points for legal week. Uh, it was a, uh, sort of aggregation of a, a bunch of conferences uh, and you could buy a master pass or other passes. Um, and we were moving towards a single price point for all the content uh, when we got hit with COVID. Uh, looking at 2021, there's basically gonna be two price points. There's gonna be um, anyone who can come in and view the content, which would be one price point, which would be free uh, to view it in real time uh, as we present it. Uh, and it'll be an on-demand price point. And the on-demand price point is uh, $2.99 right now. Obviously, we'll stage that up as we kind of get closer to the event. Uh, and that enables you to uh, view the content on-demand and uh, get the CLE. But but that's a that's significant that anybody who wants to attend Legal Week will be able to do so for free if they if they just want the uh, live content and uh, uh, and see it that way. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I think from our perspective, looking at Legal Week in 2021 we really had to sort of take our blinders off and look at Legal Week and really the scalability, uh, the longevity, uh, the, the viability of Legal Week beyond 2021. Uh, and so really what we're trying to do is make introductions to the market at large. People in the past who maybe have not attended Legal Week, uh, people who have not been able to interact with our global newsroom, uh, people who are not familiar with our content, uh, not familiar with ALM um, or any of our other uh, products or offerings across the entire organization uh, and give them an opportunity to really see what ALM has to offer as a part of the legal week, legal year uh, and capture those people uh, within our sort of marketing efforts. And then as we move into 2022, we will sort of go back to more a more traditional in-person event and in-person marketing and in-person sort of runway, uh, but hopefully having really expanded the exposure uh, of legal week uh, and all the products and services and other elements of ALM that go along with it. One, one of the uh, anchors of Legal Week has always been the vendors who uh, exhibit uh, there and who uh, participate in programs there and uh, throw events there. What will this mean for, for them? Well, this has also been an interesting uh, question for us to grapple with. Um, we have gone through a number of transitions in 2020 um, a big chunk of what we were doing in 2020 was trying to migrate vendors in situations we had events 
uh, with vendors that were anticipating going on site as either sponsors or exhibitors. We spent a lot of time and effort uh, basically trying to convert them from an in-person event to a virtual event. And it was very, very um, difficult and tricky, I think, for our sales team, but also for the, the sponsoring exhibitor. They hadn't bought that, and that's not what they wanted, and now they have to go back and get um, all the right authorizations to kind of buy what we had, what we're suggesting now. So we're, our, our feeling now is we're, we're going to offer to all of our sponsors and exhibitors exactly the same uh, position, uh, the, their, their booth placement, and or their sponsorships in 2021. Uh, we're going to sort of airlift that into 2022. So we're just sort of ignore 2021 for the time being and say, you know what, if you've committed to 2021, we're now going to just honor that in 2022. Everything will be the same. And now we're going to roll out what this means for what does legal be 2021 look like? And so you can see in our, on our website, you can see that we've got these eight days of programming, essentially. Uh, and the sponsors, really sponsors, we don't have exhibitors the same way we had previously. They will be able to engage the, uh, the attendee base just as they have in the, in the past. They'll just be through a virtual format. So there'll be, we'll be we'll have a branded channel. Uh, where you, if you're a sort of an online exhibitor, you'll be able to have all of your uh, materials and then sort of have your one-on-one -on -one conversations with the attendees. But you know, as important and really more important, I think in a virtual setting, is their ability to present hard-hitting, substantive content to our attendees in their target market set. We'll get back to my interview in just a moment. But first, let's take a break to hear from the sponsors who generously support Law Next. And now, let's continue this week's interview. I, I know that I've, I've talked to a number of vendors who have participated in other virtual conferences already this year, uh, where there have been these kind of virtual uh, exhibit halls or, or opportunities to engage virtually with the vendors. And um, they, I've been, from what I'm hearing, they haven't been too happy with the experience. They've, they felt that it's been difficult to get people who are attending the conference programming to come into their rooms and engage with them. Uh, have you thought about that problem and, and do you have a, a way to address it? I, I do think about that problem every day. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and there, there's really no, there's no sort of, you know, sort of magic pixie dust here that we can sort of sprinkle on it and make them come into the, into their booths. I think the sponsors need to realize and what we're realizing is this is a whole new environment. We can give you a lot more exposure to a lot more people and we can really get you uh, in, in front of people in terms of speaking about a content that's very, very, or a subject that's very, very uh, important and substantive to the, to the, to the attendees uh, as much as it is to the vendor um, and really sort of engage them in, uh, in, in a very rich panel um, and get them in front of a very broad and very wide audience. The question then becomes, how do you move them from that setting into more of a one-on-one -on -one setting? How do you get them from sort of that, the, 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 the ballroom to their booth so in a virtual setting. Uh, and we are really working on that. We're trying to figure out ways to structure the program so that people are more likely to kind of go from a, to a, a session into a, a, a sponsored opportunity where people can speak, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we are you know, really looking at, at forming, thinking about calendarizing and how do you calendarize this kind of thing. Uh, part of it really, we need to really, I think, educate and work more closely with our sponsors and get them to also think about um, scheduling conversations with people that are going to be, that will be in the sessions, but it's got to be a mutual uh, approach. You know, we can drive the people to the, to the, uh, 
to the event tech. We can really, I think, get a very, very high level of engagement from the attendees. And then we need to partner uh, at the ALM level. We need to partner with our sponsors and exhibitors to really work with them to get the right people in front of them uh, just before after their sessions so we're able to really schedule uh, and provide them a little bit more of a structured uh, anticipation after the event. I think previous, you know, in the past, if you went to a live event, you have your session and you go to your booth and people will come by and kind of you know, pluck them off the floor a little bit. It, this is, it's harder in a virtual setting and we have to really uh, work towards those solutions. The benefit for us is we have you know, 40 or 50 conferences across legal conferences and uh, regulated events. And so we're really fine tuning that approach and figuring out more and more ways to engage uh, our attendees uh, on behalf of our sponsors and get them to interact directly with our sponsors uh, within the format and within, within the event tech. Yeah, well, and the other thing you lose uh, with a virtual conference is the, just the kind of the serendipity of people wandering through the exhibit hall and coming across a vendor maybe they had never even heard of before. Uh, yes. But, but uh, taking, a, taking a few moments to learn more about the product and, you know, can be the beginning of a beautiful relationship when that happens. But. It could, it could. Um, and I think that's, that, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think that um, virtual events are the end-all be-all and they will... Uh, they will always or forever be a part of what we're trying to do. I think there is a lot of elements around virtual events that, that uh, have, a, have the ability to sort of stay in the industry. Um, but I think all of our preferences to go back to a live setting, all of our preferences to have uh, in-person events. And I think there's a lot of benefits to being in person. They just can't replicate uh, in a virtual setting. But I do think that we are able to provide the value uh, and drive the, the attendees uh, the quality attendees. And, and, you know, a big part of what we're able to do is, you know, launch something like Law.com Barometer that enables us to really hone in on the target market, uh, continue to put content in front of uh, our target markets and engage those target markets. And then, you know, follow that up with, um, with a virtual environment uh, around legal week, legal tech uh, that leverages all those touch points and by doing that, I think we're able to get more attendees to engage with our sponsors and exhibitors. Yeah, you mentioned Law.com Barometer. We haven't talked about that earlier in this interview. Can you explain what that is and what that has to do with Legal Week? Sure, sure. Um, so in, in 2020, we were fortunate enough uh, that we were able to launch uh, sort of a live global newsroom. Uh, ALM has a global newsroom, obviously put out a lot of products uh, and it worked very well. Uh, we were able to get um, our editors-in-chief and, and journalists and editors from across uh, ALM to, at, um, at Legal Week, Legal Tech. Um, and we have a lot of brands like uh, the American Lawyer or Corporate Counsel or New York Law Journal, a, a, a lot of touch points in the industry. Uh, and in doing that, I think it became very apparent that the global newsroom was, was very, very well received, both within ALM and by the industry. Uh, so Law.com Barometer is really a, a weekly briefing. Uh, that we're pushing out um, that will really sort of go in depth on uh, a certain topic this week we did on uh, ALSPs um, and we'll see them coming out pretty regularly. Uh, it's, it's sort of our first touch point. Uh, we'll follow up with other format types or roundtables discussions and it really is an opportunity for the editorial team uh, to engage uh, at a sort of a broader level uh, with our audience and really sort of culminating in uh, these either in-person or virtual opportunities uh, to interact with uh, our journalists and our brands. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
One other uh, aspect that, that, of course, you can't replicate with a virtual conference is, is just the social socializing that goes on, the networking that goes on uh, at, at the live conference. Uh, do you, uh, are you going to be trying to address that in any way or, or facilitate that in any way? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have been doing um, other events where we brought in MCs, uh, we brought in uh, some comedians, uh, we, we've done awards programs. Uh, we've done some events in the UK where we actually had a sponsor send people uh, wine and wine tasting. So there is ways to introduce uh, a social component within uh, the virtual setting. It's, it's a little awkward. I think it depends on who you are and what your personality type is in, in terms of how open you are to these kinds of things. Uh, but we are trying to diversify the experience so that as an attendee, you don't sort of lose interest and then just fall off. And so we're constantly challenging ourselves uh, to increase our engagement across all of our events because what works in one industry could work in another. Uh, it may not, but we, you know, each event has its own personality and personality type. Uh, but we're, we're, we're playing with the format and looking at ways to maintain that, that sort of social element that's so hard to replicate. Uh, it is so hard, and, and I would love to hear you know, anyone who's had success doing this through a, you know, a cocktail hour or a reception or a dinner. Um, it's very, very hard. And so I think what we have to do is not really try to replicate it. It will come back. Uh, we think we'll have those events, obviously, you know, later in next year and certainly in 2022. Uh, but we have, to, we have to sort of ensure we can provide a value deliverable uh, to our vendors and our attendees uh, where they think it was worth their time. And the biggest factor right now we're, we're sort of uh, competing around is their time. Because, you know, you know, whereas previously, you can argue it was actually easier to get someone to leave their office and go to Legal Week, and then we had them locked in that hotel as long as they were there. Now, you're, you're constantly bombarded um, by emails and, and by phone calls and every other distraction. If you're working from home, you've got other factors from home. Uh, and I think what we need to do is figure out ways to deliver our content and deliver our program in a way that's compelling uh, and not trying to necessarily just replicate all the pieces that we would have had in a live setting, but make it on its own compelling enough that people feel it's worth uh, staying from start to finish through the event. So uh, having, having made this decision to go virtual in 2021, what, what parts of this are you most excited about? And what parts are you most worried about? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm excited about the, the launch in, in February. I think um, I'm excited about sort of legal week, legal year, um, and seeing how that resonates. Um, I, the law.com barometer to me is very, very exciting. Uh, we're watching that closely and that will be our primary mechanism to go to market in 2021 for the 2022 event. Uh, so that's to me, the most exciting touch point, uh, ALM, you know, it's a structured company. We've got, I run events. And, and so the opportunities to really work across the organization, uh, are very, very exciting. And so when you have the editorial team as engaged as they are, uh, and other people, you know, in, within the organization as engaged uh, on the success of Law.com, I mean, on the success of Law.com, but also on, on, on Legal Week, uh, that to me is, is, is very exciting. Uh, I look forward to that. Um, what am I worried about? Well, I, I worry about virtual fatigue, frankly, um, not just for Legal Week, but for the event industry at large. Um, you know, we are coming up to, you know, a solid year pretty soon um, of virtual uh, it behooves all of us to really figure out ways to be that much more compelling and that much more interesting. Uh, I don't know 
you know, how much more you can do before people say, I've had enough of staring at my computer all day. I mean, at the end of the day, you are still staring at your computer um, or your phone or some other you know, device. So that does worry me. Um, and I think you know, by pushing the legal week format virtually and focusing on the first year, um, you know, we'll consolidate and condense that and be super sensitive to it. And then I, you know, our, our, our pivot point will be in Q3 next year to go back to uh, promoting and, and, and supporting in-person events. And so uh, the plan is to be back at the Hilton next year, or at least in 2020. In 2022, in uh, February of 2022, our plan is to be back at the Hilton, yes. Well, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that that happens. Um, uh, all right, well, is there anything else that you wanted to point out about this, Mark, that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Uh, no, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about the, the you know, launch of the Global Newsroom uh, and, and continuing that, that touch point with the event. Um, you know, frankly, you know, in this, in this environment where we are today, um, it's so dynamic still. Um, I think COVID is, is really still like revealing itself in a lot of ways. I mean, the president has COVID now. I mean, who would have known, who would have thought? Um, and so I, you know, just when you think it can't, it can't get any worse, you know, it, things are not quite where we'd hope they would be, you know, seven or eight months after sort of COVID first hit the U.S. Um, I, I think that planning right now, for everyone in the industry uh, is critical. And so we will be planning out through 2021 into 2022 across the entire portfolio. Uh, and we're optimistic uh, about the outcomes for 2021. Uh, at the same time, recognizing that uh, we're all looking forward to going back to in-person events. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark Freed, thank you very, very much for taking the time to uh, fill us in on uh, the future of Legal Week and what to expect for Legal Week year coming up in 2021. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me.